Yo, what's good people? It's your boy TSK and welcome to the Hashtag Rooted and Established podcast where we are having conversations with people who are pursuing their goals, leaving behind memorable legacies. I hope that after listening you're inspired, encouraged and motivated to keep making the most out of what you have. Let's get it! Cause if you look inside your heart, you'll find that you're made of love and you see That's why you're so special Cool. So I am here with my dad. Mm-hmm. This is the next right So <laughs> you want to give a little introduction to yourself, who you are, what you do? Yeah. So uh, what I do as a, I'm sort of a, uh, in different sectors in life. So uh, I'm an engineer and I'm a pharmacist and um, I'm a life coach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your journey um in life so you grew up in uganda yes and how how was that growing up so um i had a mixed life i guess growing up in uganda so uh, the first 19 years of my life i lived in uganda Uh, i would say the first half was excellent i have have very good memories of uh, good family life good Mm -hmm. upbringing Mm -hmm. um somewhere in the middle of it all um uh things sort of turned upside down uh, because uh, we had the wars so I wouldn't say that I had the ideal environment I would have wanted to have grown up in as a teenager because uh, of the wars that I had to uh, live and go through so it's a mixed life so it was good and the, but the bad was extreme yeah and so whilst you were going through all of that as like a young child teenager um you obviously decided to move to the UK mm-hmm. when you were 19. Mm-hmm. What's, what caused you to want to make that decision at like quite a young age? Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't necessarily the UK. It was my faith and belief that uh, I could achieve more than the environment I was living in would allow me to become. Mm-hmm. And so uh, for me, um, I looked out of the box and having taken a sniff out of the uh, uh, a few uh, weeks, uh, having popped over to London and experienced life in London when I was about 18, um, it gave me an option to think out of the box and what else uh, I could uh, turn out to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And was, is that like a mindset that you've always had or was it just that experience of like stepping out of the environment that you were in that it kind of caused you to no it's a mindset i always had uh from i would say when i was about 15 mm-hmm. uh, 16 years old i uh, i developed a certain different totally different mindset there's a lot of things that happened in my life when i was about 15 16 including becoming a, a committed christian mm-hmm. uh, i suddenly had an expectation that um what was my norm could actually become extremely better if I allowed myself to uh, dream out of the box and out mm-hmm. of the environment that I was in. So, yeah, so it wasn't really London. London was just a path, a part of the path way in uh, my faith system and belief system that there was something else that I could become that uh, life hadn't yet exposed me to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I did believe... For example, I ha- when I was younger, I had all my faith in uh, in my dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you know, he was my hero. He was uh, the leader in our home. He was the one who would inspire us to become what we couldn't be. 
but then when we went through the war periods, I, uh, I realized that we had entered a phase where my hero couldn't protect me anymore. <laughs> yeah. And so when the person you have faith in can no longer shield you or direct you, uh, for me, it was, well, what else is there? Mm. And that's what then began to spark out uh, uh, an imagination, a sense of imagination and what else life could be over and above the shielding that my dad had. And that just opened out a, a different uh, realm altogether. Mm. So, so London was just a subset of, of all the, the dream that I had of how I could uh, become in mm. life. Yeah. yeah. And so with your dad being like this big role model in your life, with you making the decision to move to London, mm-hmm. um, was it a decision that like he was happy with initially? So my dad was a very good listener. Yeah. Uh, I give him that one. So I'm not entirely sure if he knew what he was signing up to mm-hmm. in terms of uh, letting me go because for sure he couldn't afford um, my, my the, the expectations of what life would be if I moved in London because uh, mm-hmm. my dream was big. I had a dream of becoming an engineer and um, and I already even had an idea of what university I wanted to go to, which was Leeds University. Mm-hmm. And to go in there, I needed something like £10,000 a year in uh, tuition and maintenance fees. Mm-hmm. But he had... He, he, he didn't uh, set his decisions based on what... Uh, the 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 the, uh, the cost would be. Yeah. Uh, he had faith more in my faith that I could become. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm not sure he knew what he was signing up to yeah. in terms of affordability, but he knew he was signing up to uh, backing uh, a boy who he now had full confidence in. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, which is good. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. So you arrive in London, age 19. Yeah. How was that? Obviously, having spent your your life prior to that moment um, growing up in Uganda, what was it like? Was it a big cultural shock? So um, I had an expectation uh, of, I had a roadmap mm. of what I would expect to do from the day, the first day I stepped on the streets of London before I came. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, my, 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 before I came, I, I, uh, I decided to raise some money uh, which I did through uh, my music. I so put together an album, sold it, and uh, was given a £100 check by my dad. And um, the returns, the, the proceeds from that album was about £50. So I went through the ports of the airport with a £100 check from my, de- my dad and, and a £50 note. And that was the beginning for me. But I was very clear on what I would do from the first moment. The first moment for me was I was going to look for any odd, um, any odd job, manual job, yeah. or cleaning, uh, laying beds in hotels. I didn't care what it was, but I was going to find it and I was going to build my life from the bottom up. So um, I, my expectation coming to London was to start from ground zero. Okay. So you knew, it was, you knew coming here you were going to have to graft basically. I was going to have to hustle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to have to hustle right from the bottom. Yeah. But I had uh, absolute clarity as to what I wanted to achieve mm-hmm. um, once I was, uh, you know, building my life out from the bottom mm-hmm. upwards. Uh, the clarity went as far as uh, certainly um, graduating from Leeds University yeah. with, with an engineering degree. I mean, I was so specific and particular to the level 
that even before uh, I, I started out, I, uh, I knew what room I did apply and I knew what room I'd be mm. staying in in Leeds and yeah. university accommodation, even before I could afford yeah. the rent. Yeah, 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 so yeah. I had a, a level of clarity that was second to none in terms mm-hmm. of what I wanted to achieve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with that level of clarity that you had, is that something that was drawn out because of the fact that you knew you were going to have to like in order for you to thrive in that environment you knew that you needed to be clear about like the direction you wanted to go in absolutely because yeah. uh, you have to remember as a teenager mm-hmm. and um you know as a teenager you uh, you hook up with um, all kinds of friends and uh, and social activities and uh, it's not just even about being a teenager it's like in life if you don't have clarity of what you want to achieve mm. then uh you become a slave to society and people around you because uh you'll be flipped around depending on what the headline is for the mm. day mm. Uh, but when you have clarity as to what you want to achieve uh even when the new headlines come up you're quick to assess uh, the headlines versus the specificity of what you actually want to achieve, mm. and if the two don't align, then in my um, in my case, I was quick to to kick out what wasn't in line with uh, with my expectation. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it, it did help having clarity. Without clarity, it's difficult to have uh, direction. For me, clarity is like a, like a GPS instrument. You don't necessarily know how you're going to get to a particular destination once you're going somewhere, mm-hmm. but once you put uh, a, a postcode in your navigator and you you put a postcode of where you are and you put a postcode of where you want to go, mm-hmm. uh, the instrument just uh, navigates the pathway that you're going to go through. But without a destination code, you can't really make it to anywhere that you want to go yeah so for me uh clarity is something that that, that was key and that uh, was a key driver for me mm-hmm. then yeah yeah so with that obviously with that bearing that in mind mm. tell me a bit about like the day-to-day sort of hustle of like you doing these manual labor jobs and mm-hmm. these cleaning jobs like what was that like so i mean it was great when it was predictable because i knew i had 50 pounds in my pocket a hundred pound 100 pound check i therefore knew the first thing i need to invest in is uh travel cards to find jobs yeah uh it didn't go to plan because after the first month all the money was used up and i didn't have a job mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we went into month two and i started walking from a little town to town walthamstow to Leighton, walthamstow to chingford mm. uh looking for work until uh, I, I finally found uh, some bus cleaning job. So for me, that was a big breakthrough. Um, so I was not really concerned about what I did because mm-hmm. I had, like I said, clarity of where I wanted to go. The case for me, the, the, the case for me was starting and mm-hmm. uh, where I, st- I started from was, was not an issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I still have that mindset to this day mm-hmm. um, that uh, if, if, if I have a need, uh, I won't despise any opportunity that comes my way. Mm-hmm. If it means to get on my feet and uh, wash a car to get paid so I can um, achieve a particular objective, for me, what I do is is, is not an issue. Yeah, uh, I will, for as long as I have breath in me and the strength to work and health, mm. um, I will do anything that uh, God sort of gives me, puts my hands on to do mm. in order to achieve my objectives. So, yeah. yeah, that's always been my driver. Mm. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So your with with this with these cleaning and like manual labor jobs, were you doing them throughout your whole three years of studying at university or no? So so um, I did uh, did the cleaning and hotels, sweeping roads, uh, laying hotel beds, serving breakfast in uh, bed and breakfasts. I did that for about uh, seven months or so until I had saved something like about uh, four thousand pounds. Uh, but then the date came for when I had to then uh, go to uni, mm-hmm. uh, which was the 1st of October. I, I can't remember what year, 1990, I think. Mm. So with £4,000 of hard-earned labor, I had to make a decision at that point. Do I then go and do a £10,000 course, having gathered £4,000 in seven uh, odd months? Yeah. Uh, or do I take another year out of hard labor and savings? Mm-hmm. Uh, I took the leap of faith in the unknown. Uh, with that £4,000, I decided I was going to continue to pursue my dream, and that was to become an engineer. So I, uh, I, I, I bought my tickets on the National Express bus and went to Leeds, to a city I'd never been to before, and uh, I started my journey yeah. by faith. I remember the first day I walked into my uh, my my uh, student accommodation E one point zero four James <laughs> Bailey Flats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that to this day. I shut the door behind me, mm. and the first thing I did was get down on my knees and I told God that, well, I'm here now. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, now you have to, you have no choice but to see me through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was hard. I mean, the first year, first time was fine because I had the money. Second time was impossible because now I'd run out of money. Mm. And, uh, you know, the university was writing to me saying they're going to terminate my course. Mm -hmm. Uh, But luckily I had a a good um, tutor, personal tutor, who decided to shield me from all the letters that were coming from the university for the next two terms. So I was able to go uh, through the two terms without necessarily paying all my fees. But... Yes, it was hard. There are times I had to live off uh, one meal a day, you mm. know, uh, having, sh- you know, a sausage for lunch and sharing it out or have the remaining sausage in the evening for supper. Mm-hmm. Uh, fries, you know, you, you, it, it was hard. Mm. Um, so at the end of my first year, um, I was deep in debt. I had something like, you know, £5,000 debt to pay university fees and, and, uh, to, and uh, accommodation fees. And um, so I couldn't go back. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to um, take a year out yeah. um, to find another way to earn and then um, find another way to go back in. Yeah, yeah. And that's what punctuated my uh, studies then. So what were you doing during that year out? What? So in the year out, um, I, uh, I asked myself, as I do, you know, when, whenever I have a challenge, whenever you have a challenge in life, uh, I've found that with every challenge, you have the means to get out of it. Mm. And the first place you need to look uh, in order to resolve any challenges that you come your way uh, is um, look at yourself and find out what have I got in my hands, what hidden... Uh, secret have I got in my hands that will get me out of this challenge yeah so I looked inside myself and the thing I had at the time was my gift of music Mm -hmm. so I decided um, to take that gift go to the studio and do an album and I thought in my mind that uh, with the album I could get a recording contract that Mm. would pay for the rest of my fees yeah yeah. so during that year out I went studio did an album and uh, I, I finished about eight, eight uh, track album and I went and I played it to three friends of mine, Isaac, Dennis and Paul. 
who had similar stories and were all originally from Uganda also. You are the childhood friends of mine. Mm -hmm. And uh, the four of us listened to my album and uh, one of us thought, wow, it's uh, interesting how you alone can do that. And yet together, when we were you know, growing up in Uganda, we used to be part of a, 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 a music group. And, uh, and we used to do what I've done alone, mm. but with a wider group. So mm. we thought it's no coincidence that we're together in London. So mm. um, Isaac put the proposal forward and said, well, uh, we would be a lot more effective if we work together yeah. and uh, create a group mm -hmm. and, um, and um, see what happens. Mm -hmm. So as a result of that discussion, uh, the group Limit X was born. Okay. And uh, Limit X went on to become a global sensation. And for me, during that one year and a half, uh, I did Limit X. And uh, yeah, that's what I did in my the gap year. Mm. And what, what was that like? Because you were doing it full time or were you yes. still working? No, okay. now, now I dropped everything else. Yeah, we yeah, all yeah. dropped everything else. Yeah. We uh, rented out a house and that's all we used to do. Wake up in the morning, what write was the, what a was song. What the house? Uh, Croydon. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in Croydon yeah. so it was like uh, wake up in the morning um, you know write a track we had our top 10 uh, charts and 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 uh, whoever wrote a song and we felt that was the top song would rewrite the charts and hang it up yeah and it was exciting every time someone did a song and we thought nah that's not a top track so we used to shuffle them around in the wall in our in our house yeah uh, throughout the day we were singing rehearsing dancing mm -hmm. different you know just different tracks until Finally, we had our invites and then we hit London big time and, mm -hmm. and then the UK and then Europe and then America and the rest of the world. Yeah. Uh, but a lot happened, you know, in that one year that defined uh, the, you know, the basis of who we ultimately became. Yeah. But at the back of my mind, I knew I was doing this not because it was a gift, but yeah. it's not one, something I wanted to do as a career. Yeah. Um, I wanted to do it just so I could go back to school. Yeah. And I think that's one thing I was going to point out as well because mm -hmm. obviously earlier on we were talking about like clarity and how important that is mm -hmm. and i think with something like music in particular where like you're in the limelight people hearing your songs loving it it can be quite easy for especially as you're as a because how old were you at yeah, this point 20 21 yeah yeah so as an early in your early 20s it can be quite easy to lose sight of yeah the vision that you initially had Absolutely, you know, you you go and sing to thousands of not crowds. even as an early twenty year old, even just as a as a human. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. When it seems that you're 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 in an element, you know, that you're in your element, mm. uh, but your element doesn't align with your aspiration, mm -hmm. uh, you have to be quick to decide mm -hmm. uh, what it is that you want to do because time tells the story. Mm -hmm. uh, if you get sucked up in your element and your element wasn't your destiny, yeah. um, ultimately it can work against you. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, it's a case of continuously assessing yourself to say, to ask yourself the question is, that is, is, is what I'm doing today in alignment with the future me? Mm -hmm. And that's where the clarity comes in. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was great, you know, signing autographs, people telling you you're great, doing the albums, you know, going on the road. Mm. It, it was great. But uh, at one point I had to ask myself again, that was one year afterwards, mm. that um, am I doing what I set out to be? 
Mm-hmm. Am I doing what aligns with what I wanted to be when I dreamt at the age of 18 mm. of what I wanted to be in the next five to 10 years? So, I mean, and that has kind of shaped my life. I always think in five to 10 year steps. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it's very short-sighted for me to think about tomorrow. Mm. Uh, for me, I think in five years to 10 years steps, and that defines the decisions I make mm. in my daily basis, whether mm. those decisions that I make on a daily basis align with the five-year plan. Mm. So that's that's my thinking pattern. Yeah, I think that's a really good point you make about it's what I'm doing today, falling in line with who I'm trying to be in the future. Absolutely, because um, where you are today yeah. is a, re- a result of what you've consistently done over the last five years. Mm-hmm. It's no coincidence where you are today, mm. you know? So what you typically do on a daily basis defines who you'll ultimately become in five years' time. So I'd rather do it the different another way. Uh, you know, I, I, I think, what am I going to be in five years' time? And you find, in fact, things like degrees, uh, you know, uh, masters, they're three to five-year cycles, mm-hmm. you know. So, so the, even the, the way they are structured are such that a syllabus is put together on what you're going to do on a monthly basis, on a daily basis. But the goal is what you're going to actually become in three to five years' time. So mm-hmm. even nature spells it out for us that mm. what you if you what you consistently do um, over a period of three years defines who you are or mm. who you're going to be in three to five years' time. Mm. So so yeah, so that really defined um, the, the the way I, I went about things and um, and who I ultimately became. Mm. Yeah. So within all of that, um, were there any lessons that you had to learn? the hard way because obviously now the position you're in you're able to look back in hindsight and kind of put certain pieces together and, mm-hmm. and is there any, is it when you look back is there anything that you feel like you could have avoided on anything, that time in particular anything i could have avoided um maybe i'm more clear about uh things that i uh i i'm grateful i didn't avoid <laughs> Okay. I'll probably sw- flip the question around. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, because, uh, you know, um, walking away mm-hmm. from from Limitex uh, was something I'm grateful for today. Mm. Uh, but at the time, it was very hard. I, okay, so it wasn't it? Yeah, because obviously you're speaking now. Yeah. It's like, I guess, yeah, in that moment, like, how was that? How did that feel, that decision to walk away from something that was flourishing? It was terrible. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I remember one of us uh, in Limitex saying I was selfish. Yeah. yeah <laughs> because yeah. Uh, in their eyes, rightly so, mm-hmm. I wrote most of the songs, I did most of the lead vocals, mm-hmm. and now I was walking away from them. So it was like I was dismantling a, 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 a vision that they we had collectively put together. Mm-hmm. I was basically killing their careers mm-hmm. uh, yeah. by walking away. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was very painful. Mm-hmm. But when you ask what have I learned from that decision, I've learned that time uh, never lies. Time tells the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if you can allow time to do its thing, mm-hmm. uh, over time you can look back and realize that um, actually you know, temporary decisions do not necessarily determine um, our ultimate outcomes. Mm. So, I mean, I walked away 
I uh, fast forward, I achieved my dream. I walked out of Leeds University with a first class degree in electronic and electrical engineering. Mm-hmm. And Limitex went on to become a global sensation in the Christian uh, gospel circ- circles. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but we didn't see that then. Yeah. But uh, even I can even go deeper that um, because Take I walked us away. Take us deeper. <laughs> because I walked away, I stayed in the country and Limitex moved on. Because I stayed in the country, I bumped into your mum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the story would have been different if I'd gone on. I wouldn't have found your mom when I did. And, mm. uh, you know, because I found your mom, uh, you're here. <laughs> <laughs> All because of one simple decision decided, not simple, but one decision that, um, you know, um, Limit X was not my destiny. Mm. Uh, so over time, you then ask, uh, would I exchange? Uh, having spent a time, you know, living and doing my thing with Limitex versus the uh, the family that I have now, the wife that I have now, the children that I have now. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I, I, I no, at the top of my mind, I don't necessarily have any uh, regrets that come to my mind, mm. but I have uh, realizations, I have aha moments that mm. come to my mind that uh, have taught me that... Uh, the, the value of having clarity of where you want to go mm. and that defining your decision process, uh, um, that put together can ultimately have a huge, huge, huge bearing on, on how life timed out for you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's really good. Cause like, even I remember watching, uh, a sermon by Stephen Furtick, mm-hmm. like, um, a while ago and he's talking about decision making mm-hmm. and how, um, we as humans can, think that we, we can put certain emphasis on certain decisions that we have to make at different stages in life. So if it's like going to uni, who you want to marry, where we want to live, jobs you want to get, etc., mm-hmm. um, and see those as like life-changing decisions. But mm-hmm. he kind of came from the angle that every decision we make is actually pivotal, mm-hmm. not necessarily life-changing, but it changes the direction in which our life goes. Mm-hmm. So with your Limitex example, um, Yes, it was an important decision, but it was just as pivotal as any other decision you would have made because um, through you deciding to go to them, go with them to the States, that would have completely changed the direction in which your life would have gone in. And the same with you deciding to stay in the UK. It's like completely two different sort of parallels. Absolutely. And I would say again, in addition to that, that uh, you should never compromise your aspirations based on the means that you have at the point. So okay. many times, you know, we compromise our aspirations based on the balance we have on our accounts mm-hmm. or the country that we come from, mm-hmm. uh, or we say we haven't got the connections or mm-hmm. we haven't got the money, we haven't got the people around us. So how can I achieve this? Mm-hmm. And then many times people walk away from the ideal who they could become. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, you know, the bit that I can maybe go on to next is the how do I then go back after one year, did I make the ten thousand pounds a year that I need to collect to complete the the second year of the university course? No, mm-hmm. because I did limit X. But even by the time the year was completed, mm-hmm. my year out from uni was completed, mm-hmm. I didn't have enough money to take me back to uni. Okay, but uh, something happened, and uh, you know, I without going into too much detail on that one. Uh, provision came my way mm-hmm. that I didn't expect. I walked into this uh, charity 
uh, uh, a group that uh, were looking to fund um, pe uh, you know, people like myself that had aspirations, educational aspirations. Mm -hmm. And without going into too much detail there, um, after a couple of interviews, they decided that they would pay not only for my deficit, which was about five, six thousand pounds of fees from my first year, mm. but they will pay for the rest of my education, tuition fee wow. and accommodation wow. for the rest of my you know, stay in Leeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the moral of the story here is that, um, you, you know, uh, I wouldn't have had access to that funding mm -hmm. if I'd walked away from my dream. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. if I had not turned towards pursuing my dream based on what uh, means I had then, mm. then I wouldn't have achieved. So back to the beginning. Um, so, so sometimes, no, most times, all times, every time you have an aspiration, um, you should not limit the decisions that you make based on your means. Because what happens is when you get to your crossroads, mm. provision comes. Mm. the world realigns itself towards you because mm. you walked, because you jumped over the cliff. Mm. So uh, we should not uh, get into a, a mode of having to first calculate whether we can afford mm. before we take the leap into our dream. Mm. Because for sure, once we leap, we, we then learn how to fly somehow. Mm. You know, uh, for me, um, just at, at the point when I knew that I didn't have the rest of what I needed to complete my course, mm. provision came my way. Mm. And that's always been the case mm. uh, in life since then. I, I, I never compromise my aspirations based on what I have. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, that's the key message that comes out of that. Mm. So yeah, it was really good. So that, yeah, that is, <laughs> I mean, I feel like I have to <laughs> listen back and just, yep. yeah. Um, yes. So it's been good. It's really um, been good. Um, so I did, I did, I did become, I did walk out of Leeds University with a first class engineering degree, like I said, and uh, even before my graduation day, I, I, I was, I got offers and I've since uh, gone through a, a, what I would uh, call a successful engineering career. You know, I've worked for Nokia mobile phones, designing phones. I've worked for Samsung designing phones. And uh, now I work in more home-based consultancy role in which companies that design electronic equipment that will be coming out in uh, two to three years time mm. are my clients so i market technology to them but i share that from a backdrop of um a, 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 i'm coming from a uh, let's say a, a war child yeah i mean essentially a, a, essentially a ugandan uh, boy that had no reason no expectation to be successful having gone through a life where uh, I had to be driven past dead bodies mm. and uh, got back home and had to do my homework. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the following day, I have to find a way that my dad can then take me back to school. Mm -hmm. uh, so flipping the script, looking back at the under 19-year-old me mm -hmm. uh, of a, you know, a, a, a child needing um, essentially psychotherapy mm. uh, because of the exposure to, uh, a, you know, degraded lifestyle of sorts having gone through uh, four wars and coming from that background and then now um, talking about living a life where I'm defining technologies for the so-called first world or western world that people haven't yet seen mm. is very humbling yeah yeah that's amazing <laughs>